Welcome to another inspiring message from Pastor John Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will empower and inspire you. Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed Him for they were all expecting Him. That, that's just gonna preach nice, isn't it? Then a man named Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with Him, to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. And as Jesus went on the way, the crowds almost crushed him. That's, that's, that's some serious crowd behavior. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, someone touched me. They're crowding and they're pressing, but somebody touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. I've always loved that verse. Someone touched me. I know power has gone out from me. Isn't that just beautiful? Jesus like, all these people are bumping into me, but something different happened. Someone touched me. Power went out from me. Like in him is power. And you can bump him and it doesn't change anything. But you can touch him power goes out from him. That's just beautiful. There's two ways you can come to church, you know. You can bump to church or you can touch at church. You can roll in 10 minutes late, bump on in, coffee in hand, annoy our maintenance guy who wants me to tell you all to stop doing that. Or you can get to church early and have your espresso before you walk in here. Get Red Bull excited, arrive in church ready to go for it. You can touch Jesus. Have your life changed. Oh, you don't, you don't like that one. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, somebody crowded and pressed, but somebody touched and power went out. And then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. And in the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. That's your life group this week. Say why you reached out to God and how he moved in your life. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. In Matthew's gospel in chapter 16, um, we're just gonna do two more real quick. Is that all right? When Jesus came to the region, verse 13, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied and they said, well, some say he's John the Baptist and others say he's Elijah and still others that he's Jeremiah or one of the bullfrogs. No, it says prophets, I just made that up. But... But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon. This was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. Luke, uh, sorry, John, uh, Romans, Romans. Let's just move progressively. Romans 
chapter 10, two more verses, and then we'll dive into it. Romans 10 and verse 9. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's our, here's our key text for today is verse 10. For it is with the heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with the mouth that you confess and are saved. It's with the heart that you believe and are justified. And with the mouth that you confess and are saved. Uh, when I was uh, 23, 24 years old, I was a youth pastor. And I've done every job in church, by the way. I started off as a children's pastor. I've done sit up and pack down like in multiple times in my pastoral journey. Uh, I was then a youth pastor and, you know, then I took over youth and children and missions and community work and everything and basically ended up running that church. But when I was about 23 years old, I, I started my journey as a youth pastor. And my pastor used to do a lot of work with senior pastors of churches. He'd run these things called pastor's days and he'd get pastors together and he'd kind of speak into their life and pray for them and, and run these days. And I was his youth pastor, which meant that I was his go-to guy. So I would basically, you know, just, just do whatever was needed to make those days run to time. So I'd be, I'd be out there helping, organizing the sound and, you know, getting everybody seats and then I'd be parking his car and getting morning tea ready. And I, I was just helping to do whatever needed to be done to make that day a success. And it seemed to me like everybody there was really old. I don't know if it was because I was 23 and arrogant, but it looked to me like all these pastors, senior pastors were old. We didn't know all their names, but we did have nicknames for nearly every pastor there. We had the Ancient of Days. We had Moses' brother. You know, we, 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 had, we, had, we had Safari Man because pastors back then, some of them used to like Safari shirts. And you know, like we just used to mock these guys to pieces. We were youth pastors, we were young, we were arrogant, we were rebellious. And anyway, that's what we did. And, and I remember one time, one month, we had this gathering and at the end of it, my senior pastor wanted to take one of his friends to lunch. And so I got his car and told him that it was there and we brought them outside, we put them in the car and then I jumped in the back seat and I'm in the back seat, they're in the front. I am supposed to be unseen and unheard. I'm the guy who was in the car for one reason, to park the car when we get to the restaurant. But I'm sitting in the back seat and we're going off to lunch and they're having a conversation in the front seat about what is now known as Hillsong Church. Back then, it was called Hills Christian Life Center. It had already broken through several growth boundaries and was already a church of several thousand people. I'm sitting in the back seat and they're talking about it. And my senior pastor is marveling at how um, able they've been to break through so many barriers. He's saying, I don't know how they do it. He's saying, I, I guess there must be a special grace. I guess God puts his hand on certain churches or certain leaders and enables them to go places that other people can't go. And they're, they're talking amongst themselves like that. And as I'm sitting in the back seat, I don't know what happened to me. I mean, I don't know why, but I guess I just couldn't stay silent. And, and I just kind of imposed myself in the middle of their conversation 
you know, not to encourage them, but to just kind of declare, you know, I felt it on the inside of me, this thought for many, many, many months, or I don't know how long, but it had been living on the inside of me, but this day, it just happened to come out of me. I just declared to these guys, one day I'm gonna build a church of 10,000 people. And I don't know why I said it, I mean, it probably wasn't the right thing to say, Chris, but I just, you know, just spoke it out there. And I just said, you know, one day I'm gonna build a church of 10,000 people. And my senior pastor, his friend, he immediately began to put this arrogant young youth pastor back in his place. He's like, well, sure, Cameron, sure, John. And, you know, who do you think you are? But I want you to know, for me, I was just exhilarated. I mean, I was just like, I've just said it, I've just put it out there. You know, I've just, I've just made it, I've just spoke it out. I don't, I don't know why, but I felt so alive because it had been living on the inside of me. But this was the first time that it ever came out of me that this dream was in my heart. I, I'm telling you, it was an amazing day for me as, as I, just, I, just, I just spoke it out. My, my senior pastor was quiet for about maybe three or four seconds. And then finally he just said, you know what, John, I believe one day you will. And I'll never forget that moment. I'll never forget that story. Because the truth is, my friends, that something happened in my life in the back seat of that car. I don't know if the motives were right, and I'm not sure if the time was the correct time, but this is what I do know, that something had been living on the inside of me. But that day, what God had spoken into my heart became the words that came out of my mouth. And that moment, something came alive on the inside of me when I chose in that moment to, to speak it out. And, and I believe that this is a key moment as we've come out of Arise Conference and God has done so many things in the lives of so many people. Is, is there anybody out there who feels like you came to conference and God really spoke to you? Can, if you? If you felt like you got a word from God or you had a moment could you just give us a little wave out there to say, yeah, I had a moment at conference, so many hands. And by the way, if your hand's not up, if you didn't come to a Rise Conference, or, uh, then I wanna encourage you, today is a great day to register for next year's conference. Make a decision now that you're gonna be in the right place next year for God to do something great in your life. And you can save a lot of money if you register today. It'll save you a lot of money and you can prioritize to be there at a Rise Conference next year because when you get in the room, God will do something in your life. But let me just say, man, when we come to a moment where we have God speaking into our hearts in a conference environment, something can kick, something can come alive. I'm so excited about what God has done in the lives of people. People have felt God's called them to the ministry. They've received a promise from God. Supernatural healings have taken place. People have made new decisions, new resolve. I'm gonna do something great with my life. My life is going to count. Come on, if you've made a, uh, you felt a promise from God, could you give me a wave? If you've decided you're gonna be different, if you've had a sense in your heart that I'm alive for kingdom purpose, that I can and I will change the world, could you give God some praise right now? Come on, amen. That's what happens when you get into the presence of God. But I want you to know that there's something deeper that has to take place in us if what God is speaking to us about is gonna truly change our lives. And that is we must take the promise that we feel in us and we have to allow it to come out of us. We have to be willing to speak it out. 
And I believe that this is a key time. In fact, if you're going to say, John, what's the most important thing that I could do this week with my time? I can tell you what it is. Get to life group. Because when you get in a room where people have had a similar experience and you begin to speak out what God has done for you, something powerful is going to happen in your life. And by the end of this message, hopefully you'll understand that the most important thing you can do when you feel God moving on the inside of you is begin to share with others what the Lord is speaking to you about. It is so powerful when any person decides to speak it out, speak it out. In fact, why don't you tap three people around you and just tell them, speak it out, 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 speak it out. It changes something. It changes something. See, in Romans chapter 10 is our final text for this morning, and it's a popular scripture. It's so crucial to our faith, even, that we understand that I don't become a follower of Jesus because I'm a religious goody-goody or because I've never said a swear word or never had a bad moment or never thought a bad thought, that the way that I experience salvation is simply by coming to a point where regardless of my life or my previous condition or my faults or my blemishes or the things that would disqualify me from relationship with the Holy God, the moment that I am willing to acknowledge that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that He's the resurrected Saviour, that it doesn't matter where I've come from, I now know where I'm going, that Jesus can save no matter who you are. If you believe that, give Him praise in this place this morning. Come on. And if you don't know Jesus, at the end of the service, I'd love to give you the opportunity to discover what it is to put Jesus first and to know Him personally. But let me just tell you, man, that this is a powerful verse where Bible just declares for us that if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, and if you confess with your mouth that that moment that person can be saved, it's powerful. Romans 10, 9 is a very important verse. But it goes on in chapter, chapter 10 and verse 10, and it breaks down for us the importance of both the heart and the mouth. See, because people are saying, John, I've gone to a RISE conference and God has done something in my life. And in my heart, I know. In my heart, I know. In my heart, I know I'm never gonna be the same. In my heart, I feel that something powerful is going on in my life. And let me tell you that I'm so excited, so glad that that has happened for you. And if you didn't go to conference or if you don't feel like God has spoken to you recently, then make sure you still hear this message because like a kid in the backseat of a car at the age of 23 who spoke something out, I want you to know that there are moments in your life when God is speaking in your heart, but it has to move from your heart to your mouth if God is really going to do a great work in your life. This is very important, very important, because the Bible tells us that it is with the heart that you believe and are justified. In other words, the moment that I believe in Jesus, that's going to change my heart and my relationship with Him. Me and Him are good, but the life I'm living is still exactly the same. What your heart condition is like changes the moment faith in Jesus connects with your reality. That's absolutely true. But God does not want our faith to only affect our eternity. He wants it to affect the life that we are living. And that's why the Bible says justified, made right with God. With the heart you believe and are justified. But there is no such thing as a genuine faith that is a private faith. 
Some people want that. They want a private faith or a private Christianity or a private miracle. But I want you to know a private promise. God says no. There's no such thing as a private faith, a private miracle, a private promise, a private calling. If God is speaking to us in our lives, we believe in our heart and are justified. Then we confess with our mouths and we're saved. So you've got to hear it. The Bible says when you confess with your mouth at that, mo that, mo that moment, you are saved. The word saved literally means you are brought out of. You're brought out of. In other words, Israel was saved when they were brought out of Egypt, crossed the Red Sea, and no longer had Egyptian slave masters. So what has been over your life? What has dictated your past? What, is, what has tried to hold you back? What has oppressed you? Made you think that normal is your destiny? Made you doubt whether healing is gonna be possible for you in your life? Question whether it's too late. I'm prophesying right now, there's a 40-year-old man in this service, 40, 42-year-old man in this service who had thought until conference that it was too late for you to step into the call of God. But during conference, the promise of a ministry calling came alive in your life. Well, let me tell you something. I'm so happy that the promise has come to your heart. But let me tell you, in six months' time, you'll no longer believe that unless you marry your heart with your mouth. Because something powerful happens. With the heart you believe and you're justified. Extend it out to everything. With the heart you believe and are justified. But with the mouth you confess and you're saved. If you want to come out, let me break it, to, let me say it to you this way. Are you, are you, is this, we're, we're Canadian? I, I do three and I just drink coffee and I slept overnight on a plane, so I'm like I'm just Red Bull excited, but you know, let's make sure I'm, I'm making sense. Okay, am I making sense? Okay, all right, so this is the way it works. This is the way it works. With the heart, I believe, and that changes my internal world. But with the mouth, I confess and it changes my place in the world. You change your internal world through faith. You change your life through your mouth. The way that we take what God has done in us and we make it a change that will last is when we unite our mouth with what we feel in our heart. That is the way to bring the change. I got a great word for you tonight, but let me jump into it and then come back to it. And you're gonna have to just act like you're hearing it for the first time tonight if you come to the service, but this is the way it works. You believe in your heart and you doubt in your head. The greatest arena in your life is your thoughts. That's where the devil has the greatest dominion, where he makes the majority of his attack is in the arena of your thoughts. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10 that we don't battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. And then it says that we use our weapons and we tear down strongholds and we tear down arguments, pretensions, and then we take every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. If the devil can take your thinking, he can take your life. Because you believe in your heart, but you battle in your head. And you get the victory when you unite your heart with your mouth. When you take the promise of God and you speak it from your mouth, that moment you're telling your head to line up with your heart. 
And God doesn't want us to just feel, I'm gonna change the world, but I'm actually a loser. I, I, I know God's promise is alive in my heart, but I'm actually in my 40s. I feel like I got healed, but medically that doesn't make sense. Let me tell you why it's always the doubting in your mind, because your mind is your cognitive place of function that is most impacted by the natural. But your heart is the place where you experience the supernatural the most easy. When you see a girl and you fall in love with her, the truth is that it's an emotional reaction in the heart. And that's where you're able to believe, where you're able to feel, where you're able to get a depth of reaction. But let me tell you something about the supernatural. Whenever you connect with the supernatural, your head is gonna tell you to, it's gonna reject it. Like an organ donor struggles to, you know, an organ recipient struggles to receive the outside into their reality. Whenever the divine tries to step into your life, your head is gonna go, reject it, reject it. That's not linear, that's not math. That doesn't line up with my experiences. My education doesn't tell me that. I can't accept that as being real. Oh, don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Does anybody know what I mean when this is, this happens, doesn't it? You know, you, you can be in the, I've been, in fact, let me, just, let me just make it more obvious. The greatest moments of miracles in my life have been honestly the most ordinary moments in my life. I mean, I could tell you situations I've been in where we've prayed for people whose lives are still totally healed, supernaturally doctor verifiable, and in every single instance when it's happened, in my head I've been going, this is not even happening. Every single time but I want you to know that you believe in your heart, you doubt with your head, but you confess with your mouth. It'll take over the doubts and the fears and the discouragements that come your way. So here, here's what God wants for you and me. He wants us to go to a conference, get in a moment, receive from the Word of God, get something come alive on the inside of us. And then what He wants us to do next is connect our mouth to, Disconnect your mouth from your head and connect it to your heart. Decide that I'm a believer first and a doubter second. Jesus is Lord, God is real, I've got a call on my life. His favour exists over me. I will win, I will live, I will prosper, I will flourish, my life counts for a purpose. Connect your mouth to your heart and speak out the promise of God. Come on, somebody give God some praise in this room. I still remember the first time I saw Jillian. Oh, I remember it. I remember it clearly. I remember walking into a Christian cafe on Mount Eden Road. It was called Loco Foco. That's a true story. I went loco that night at Loco Foco. I'm telling you that right now. I've, I discovered in the second service, don't say Loco Foco too many times. It starts to say, sound a little bit more dodgy every time you say it. But it was at a, a church called Greyfriars Presbyterian Church on Mount Eden Road, just down the road from Mount Eden Village. I walked into this Christian cafe late, coming because I'm cool, you know. <laughs> I've never been cool in my life. But anyway, I rolled up to the cafe, you know, it was late at night. I walked in there and there was this girl. The most beautiful girl in the world. 
And you know, she was sitting at this table and I was like, my gosh, that girl, wow, blonde hair, face that shone. She was wearing literally, she was wearing an apricot cardigan, a white t-shirt, light denim overalls. I mean, I can, I can tell you what she was wearing head down. I mean, I walked in there and I was like, whoa, ho, 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 ho. that girl is so gorgeous, you know? Like, like so gorgeous that I didn't talk to her the whole night. Did Are there any other guys out there who know what I'm talking about? Nobody ever acknowledges that. Am I the only one? A lot of liars out there, I reckon. I was looking at her the whole night, but I never looked at her the whole night. Does anyone know what I'm talking about now? You know, like I never laid eyes on her, but I only had eyes for her. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. You know what I'm saying? And I want you to know from the moment I saw her, I was a goner. I was like, wow, she is amazing. But you know the tragedy of the story? She didn't, didn't notice me. Shut up. She didn't, didn't feel the same. There was, no, there was nothing from her. I mean, I'm like, you know, I will be your hero, baby, you know. She's just talking to her friends. I'm a goner. I'm like, Wah! you know, love heart for eyes emoji. You know, like I'm, I'm gone. And she's just getting on with her life. My heart had changed, but my world hadn't changed. And this, this, this went on. It kept going, took, it didn't, it didn't stop until finally after weeks and weeks, I summoned the courage to walk up to her and take what I was feeling in my heart. <laughs> and not that crazy, not like, not, not full on like, I love you, I'm gonna marry you, you're one of me. <laughs> like, don't do that guys, we call that creepy, okay? <laughs> but the, <laughs> if a guy walks up to you in this church, girls, and he tells you that, you know, God's spoken to him and you're going to marry him, then you just need to tell him that that's not going to happen. Just, <laughs> just tell him no. Go tell a pastor that. and You may not be allowed back at this church, but you know, <laughs> God bless you. Find somebody else. Guys, if God does tell you that, keep it to yourself. Don't tell anybody. It's just creepy, weird stuff. You can tell somebody you're accountable to, but don't tell the girl. That's just, that's just weird. That's loco foco. That's what that is. <laughs> Finally, I got the courage to walk up to her and say something. And the moment that I got the courage to take what was in my heart and connect it, what was within my, what didn't happen instantly, but I'm just saying, I've got the ring in 21 years of marriage, people, because what was in my heart came out from my mouth. If you want what you're feeling in you to change your life, then we have to take the promise or the, the, the word or the healing and not just feel it on the inside us, but let it come out from us. We have to be willing to speak it out. Speak it out, speak it out. When we begin to speak it out, it changes our lives. That's why this week, the most important thing that you can do is get to a life group. 
We don't have life groups just because they're fun for us or because they somehow make Christianity more deep. We have them, well, yeah, we do have them so it makes Christianity more deep. We have them so that you don't have a conference high followed by a return to the same normal life in three or six months' time. God takes us from glory to glory, not glory to boredom. He doesn't take us from glory to normality. He takes us from glory to glory to glory. I'm telling you, God's Word in your heart at conference was for you. Now take what's in your heart and let it come from your mouth. Speak it out. Tap three people and say, speak it out. Speak it out. Speak it out. The band can come and join me up on stage. Speak it out. Speak it out. See, friends, in our story, and we've only got time for one, uh, in our story of this woman, the Bible tells us about this woman that She's had a problem with bleeding for 12 years. 12 years. 12 years with the same lethargy, drain, struggle. 12 years of seeking assistance and believing for circumstances to change. Nothing shifting, ordinary. Another gospel tells us, she turns up in every gospel, this girl, 12 years. The Bible tells us in another gospel that she spent every cent she had trying to get her life to change and nothing, nothing was shifting. Nothing. 12 years. Then the Bible tells us that Jesus is summoned to the home of an important and influential man called Jairus, whose daughter is dying. Time is critical. Jesus is a man on a mission. A crowd is pressing against him, threatening to literally crush our Savior. And as Jesus is going down the street, there is this woman. I love this woman because the Bible tells us that even though a crowd pressed against Jesus, that a woman touched, a woman touched. She reached forward and defied every religious preconception. You know what holds people back the most from moving forward in God? Is the voice of the accuser. The voice of the accuser. I wanna segue, I have to segue. In the book of Leviticus, there is a scripture, I preached a message, it's on our podcast, but the Bible tells us in the New Living Translation that whoever touches the sacrifice will become holy. I read it in a hotel room in the middle of the night three years ago in San Diego, and when I read it, I thought that's wrong, it can't be right. Whoever touches the sacrifice will be holy, that can't be right. So I looked and sure enough, I'd read it in other translations and it says, whoever touches the sacrifice must be holy. So then I began to study it in the Greek and the Hebrew, sorry, and go back to the original text and read it in many different translations. And I realized that the NIV translation was wrong. That the Bible says, literally, if you reach out and you touch the sacrifice, you'll become holy. And when I thought about it, I realized that it made more sense. Because sin connecting with Jesus doesn't make Jesus sinful. But if you are sinful and you reach out and you touch Jesus, you don't change Jesus, Jesus changes you. You don't touch the lamb and defile the lamb. The lamb touches you and the lamb changes you. And somebody, somebody's been fearful to reach out to Jesus, fearful to respond to God. But I want you to know, God's not looking at your sin. He's looking at your Savior. He's not looking at your past. He's looking at your promise. He's looking, looking at your failure. He's looking at your future. You can reach out and touch Jesus. You touch Jesus, Jesus changes you. 
One of the greatest obstacles to getting a miracle is our reluctance to come close to Jesus and defying what society would throw at this woman. She reached out. An unclean woman who should never touch a holy man, a woman who could never touch a man, a, 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 a clergy, a laity who should never touch clergy. She reached out and she touched Jesus. And the Bova tells us that the moment that she touched Jesus, she realized that she was healed. She felt it. I'm healed. How do you know that a 12-year-old, a 12-year condition has been healed in a moment? The truth is that you feel it. But you don't know it yet. But she knew it. She knew it. She knew it. And then the Bible says she just goes back into the crowd, back into the crowd. Back. Reaches, touches. She's back. Hey, hey, anybody here have a great time at conference? You have a good time? Yeah. How's your week been? Have you ever noticed that you could come out to the conference and have a moment with God? You climbed the mountain, had a moment with God. Then on Monday you woke up to Mount Washing. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Huh? Yeah, you get lost in worship. Now you gotta go back to work. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, teenagers, you gotta get smart. You're gonna change our nation. Woke up Monday morning, couldn't speak, but how close to God did you feel when you were in maths on Thursday afternoon? Anyone know what I'm talking about? Because if you're not careful, what happens to us is exactly what happened to this woman. Now, does anybody believe in this room that Jesus likes to embarrass people? I don't think so. Yet the Bible tells us that Jesus stops the whole glory train. Thousands of people and He says, hang on a minute, stop. Somebody touch me. Why would He do that? Why would He put this woman on display? Why would He make her share her story? Because He didn't want her healing to be just a moment that she enjoyed, but a lifetime of change that endured. So He said, let's take you out from out of there and let's bring you right here. And He allowed the position for this woman to declare, I reached out, I touched you, I felt it, I got a healing. I went to conference, God spoke to me, I'm going to change the world. I've got a promise in my heart, my children are going to be saved. I felt healing virtue flood my body. I know that I'm gonna have a child, I'm gonna move past this condition. There is a future for me. I'm telling you what, God doesn't want you just to have a moment on the mountain. He wants you to have a testimony in the valley. Somebody needs to decide this morning that I'm gonna connect my faith with my mouth and I'm gonna speak it out, speak it out. Come on, if God did something great in your life at conference, lift your voice and give God some praise. Come on, give God some praise. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor John Cameron. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church, check out arisechurch.com or find us on YouTube.